All right. Uh, well, actually, hold on. I haven't started recording the Zoom yet. Jesus Christ, dude. This is fucking insane. All right. Record. All right. Um, how do I know if I'm... I guess it's recording. I can't really... Oh, oh, it is. It says recording. All right. Well, here we go. You ready to jump in? I guess let the great experiment begin. Let me do one thing. God damn it. Really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Okay. Let me put it, let me change my camera so it's not just, that's not a great shot of me. No, you need to lower it. That's what she oh, is said. That, is that the one built into your eye? <laughs> yeah, she told you to lower your webcam. Did I like the, that's what she said when it is real random. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I like, believe you. It's it's not cool. It's not cool if it's like right on the money. Well, I feel like I need to look. I'm going to look over at this monitor because this I look better this way when I'm looking over here. When I look here, I don't like the way I look. But when I look here, love the way I look. So I'll just be looking there the whole time. Let's just start the goddamn thing. I'm not changing the goddamn thing. It's just going to look like this. My yeah. camera angle is bitching. It's a great wide shot of my stude. I don't like the monster that I am in it. Uh, yeah, let's just do it like this for now. I'll have it. Right. I'll have it figured out. I got to figure it out. Uh, yeah, I'll figure it out. I mean, you look good to me. It's just mostly the top of the room and the, you know, you're just at the bottom. That's, you look fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. We are trying something here. Uh, at the top, just to let all of our wonderful listeners know that we are working on doing some video content here. Bob and I are technical experts who very quickly solve a lot of these types of problems. And uh, here we are to try to bring you some more cool content. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing pretty good. Are you, is my is the is the audio that you're getting is it is it perfect or is it a little bit like it's coming through a telephone? It's a little bit distorted and compressed right so i'm getting that same thing too but we're not going to use this audio no we'll be using your audio you're recording right on logic okay good so we're just using this for for video yes that's correct got it and we're just experimenting we're just seeing how it looks and and how what the lag's like and you know if it's something cool we'll we'll try to do it more because uh people love content it's just content bro yeah it's all about content it's all about Forgetting where you're at in the middle, lost in the middle of outer space with no help on a, on the way. And uh, so you got to forget about that. And the best way to forget about that is content, 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 mm. content, 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 uh. content, uh. content, uh. give me some content, bitch. Dude, I've been watching Shit's Creek. Have you watched that? Man, I tried. I tried. And I think that I'm not... I think that that flavor is not for me, that Canadian Christopher Guest type. I mean, I love Eugene Le- Levy and I like Catherine O'Hara, but there's a f- really specific flavor to that kind of thing, right? I tried to watch it maybe five or six times because everybody kept saying to watch it. And then every time I'd watch it, I'd be like, this is not good. Yeah, that's kind of And then somebody thought. told me that Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are the worst part of the show and that the the other people are actually what makes the show good. And so I watched it with that in mind. And now I've watched the whole first season and I'm in the second season because the kids 
are incredible on that show. And they're not kids. One plays a 34-year-old, the other plays a 27-year-old, but they're still living with their parents, even at that yeah. age. It's like kind of like righteous gemstones, like they're sort of entitled rich kids. That that's the, and then they have to relocate to a small town. Right. And it's it's kind of like I had a problem with the office too, where like I had such a hard time with Steve Carell's character. I just didn't like the office. But then I started watching it a couple times where, because my wife loves that show and she'll watch, she just puts it on and it's just on. And I started watching it like once Ed Helms gets on the show, when they've got Ed Helms and the whole, like by the second season, the cast is really good. Like everybody besides Steve Carell is really good in it. And now I'm kind of loving it and I'll watch it whenever it's on. I think that's such an interesting perspective because I, you know, uh, he's just generally considered one of the best parts about it. And I, I think in terms of the character that Ricky Gervais created, I think Steve Carell took it to the next level and made it even more tragic and brought a lot of strange humanity to it. Well, I think that ha- I, like his character has grown on me. Yeah. Uh, and I think as it goes on, you start, you, 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 you realize Oh, this guy really does care about the people that he works with. He cares about his job. He cares about the people he works with. He just doesn't realize how fucked up he is. And when yeah. once you kind of realize that, you're like, oh, okay, I kind of like this guy. He's he's yeah. not mean or anything. He's well, that's just oblivious. Yeah, the David Brent character was vapid and shallow and dumb, and and Michael Scott, he's those things as well. But what you talked about is exactly it. He deeply cares he's deeply loyal and uh he's really lonely and really really longs for friendship and relationships and that's what the whole show's about it's like larry uh, gary shanling once described the larry sanders show that way as he described the show as a show about people who are looking for love and i was like oh that's exactly what that show's about whether it's hank kingsley or larry sanders or Artie, or even some the smaller characters like beverly or paula that's exactly what that show's about and I thought I thought that was cool. The Office, I think, tapped into that. The, the U.S. one. Well, I'm glad I'm into it. I just realized our friend Katie Featherson just told me that I have this typo. So a song that I wrote with my friend Joseph, it came out. He released it as a single. And I just realized that the blurb I wrote, I said, really proud of the song and glad it's out in the world for people to enjoy. And what I meant to write was during a national crisis. Check the typo out. And glad it's out in the world for people to enjoy dying a national crisis <laughs> oh jesus i'm changing that now um but that's been there for about an hour great well you know the national crisis where people are dying right jesus all right well thank you katie for the heads up on that luckily you're not justin bieber yeah that's true in many different ways but yeah dude if somebody said you can be as famous as justin bieber as successful, and basically, if somebody said you can be Justin Bieber, like Freaky okay. Friday style, sure, but like no, <laughs> I know the answer to this question. By the way, yeah, <laughs> you have the to answer is yes. trade places with them, and that's it. Like, there's no going back. So the answer, of course, is no. No, the answer is yes. What What do I have to do to do it? Sign me up. <laughs> Of course I'm doing but you, lo- you lose about? your daughter and your wife in the process. Uh, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Make new ones. No, the answer, no, of I'm course, kidding. is no. Of course. I get it. Oh, well, well, the answer is also yes. Of course, yes. No. It's, it's Solve all those sure problems no. later. No, no, it's no. Sure. Right. <laughs>
I mean, the answer is yes, but but no, sure. No, I mean, there's nothing, no amount of money or fame in the world is going to replace the joy that you get from being a dad. Right. So it's it's a stupid question. Now, this is not a stupid question. If it was just like, if there's no daughter involved, like you don't have a daughter and it's just your wife, then the answer is yes. (laughs) Of course, the answer is yes. Well, and to be fair, they feel that way too. I mean, they they would. Yeah, yeah. So it's no big deal. But if if no no daughter, then uh, (laughs) what do you got? A a creamsicle? What flavor? Orange creamsicle? Where do I sign? Oh, the creamsicle's fallen on the ground. I'm been, hungry. Been, yeah, the creamsicle's been trodden on by a thousand horse carriages. I mean, I love my uh, wife. Don't get me wrong. I'm but uh, wrong you got a creamsicle? What if you could take your family with you, but it'd be a different life, but you couldn't make music? Well, I, I've had that thought experiment before where the idea was like, okay, you'd be in the Hall of Fame. You'd have all the money in the world, but you couldn't write any more songs. You couldn't play. You couldn't play any of your songs. You could only play these other person's songs. Then the answer is no, too. Like I, because I'm not. I don't do what I do for money or fame. Right. I do what I do because I love what I do. Like I love creating songs and I love performing the songs that I create for people. That's what I love. Now, do I want to be more successful? Do I want to be more famous? Yes. But am I willing to change anything that I do? In terms of creating what I create and how I perform it, the answer is no. I just really can't imagine you not doing your own material. Some artists, it makes perfect sense for them. Like Elvis never wrote any of his own songs and no one, I don't think twice about that. What he brought to the table was so different than that. But I think there's a lot of people who should play other people's songs that don't. Well, it's one of the things that I really respect about Bob Dylan is uh, I mean, as you may or may not know, or our listeners may or may not know, is that a- after 1966, um, the quality of his records gets really dicey. Now, I'm in so deep that I'm really enjoying a lot of it, but other than maybe Blood on the Tracks in 75 and Oh Mercy in 89 and Time Out of Mind in 97, out of the 20 or so records he made between 66 and the 2000s, those are the only three that people generally think are any good. But what I think so cool about Dylan is during those times, those kind of leaner times, He's quoted as saying stuff like, I don't know, I, I maybe other people need to write my songs. Maybe I don't write good songs anymore. And uh, that's what ma- it made me think of when you were talking about, well, there's some artists that should sing other people's songs, you know? Well, you've got people like Willie Nelson. He's a pretty good songwriter. But he sings other people's songs. But half yeah. of his hits, other people wrote. Right, right. Well, he had guys like, yeah, Chris Christopherson writing for him. And he was, he would do, he, he, was, he made a lot of old standards really cool too. A lot of old croony jazz standards but he's also a badass songwriter no doubt i wonder what that's like for someone who does both i mean was some really great songwriter had some song for you i mean oh my gosh dude i had these fucking noise canceling earbuds in i'm like why can't i hear you i just saw that man you're a funny cat and then i'm like oh it's because these things are canceling out and there's nothing coming through here except pain into my fucking head from this pressing against this pressing against this well, like I said at the top of the show, I mean, look no further for two technical giants who uh, just understand the technology. So, oh my well. god, Bob dude, spent I half feel, his time with earbuds and under his. I feel like a butterfly that just got let out of its fucking chrysalis right now. Yeah, that's a. Well, I'm ready to start over. I'm ready to start my life 
over. I'm ready to start from scratch. Right. Well, and now we got some dinging. Fucking National Geographic's contacting me. Did you see that the uh, there was supposed to be a big launch today, a big NASA launch, and they had to bail because of the weather? I thought about you. I thought about you when we were watching this because they have a split screen, right, of the th- the two astronauts that are like just sitting there waiting, waiting for 10 minus countdown, whatever they call it. Obviously, I know what I'm talking about. Right. And they had to bail because of the little window they had for the weather, the weather got fucked up. So then they, they're all the way, they're already in it. They've been prepping for it. You got to be so nervous, dude. When we talk about the astronauts, it must be insane, you know? And then they had they had to call it, and they have to come back down and try it again on Saturday. That's got to be a big adrenaline burst to be ready to take off on a rocket and then have to get back down and go eat with your family at Applebee's or whatever they do. Yeah. Oh, we just got a camera change. Rot row. <laughs> Bishan is listen, definitely taking the time that I'm talking to not listen Did to I was, on changing I was, the angle of the camera. I wasn't camera. listening to a goddamn thing you were saying. How many cameras do you have over there? Well, now I see two, but you keep looking at this third thing. No, I'm, uh, I've got two monitors. They're the same. So I got a, a an adapter so I could, dude, I don't even want to go into it. <laughs> I really don't. I don't want to talk about tech shit ever again. You got, you got tuckered out on that story before it even started. Anyways. Well, I'm just trying to. Do a podcast here. I've got two screens, so I've got two monitors. They're the same. I've got two monitors right. with the same thing on it. So right. I I have two monitors. I only need one monitor because they're both showing the same thing. You're right. You're not using the you're not using that for what its intentions are. Right. But I'm looking at this monitor because when I look at that, this is You real. like the way you look at it. I like the way this looks. When I look at this monitor. Ooh, this is not good. This the part other, and this part. The is other, bad. the other camera angle was the better camera angle. This looks good. This, right? Not good. This maybe cancer. This the answer. <laughs> this bad future. This let's party. By the way, I people like just that. listening to this on the podcast are like. Go fuck yourself. I was just going to say, maybe try and consider that most of our listeners are are listening and not watching. I like the whole, the cancer, the answer, the cancer, the answer. I know. I felt like Jesse Jackson for a second. (laughs) There's a song in there somewhere. Can you switch back to the other camera angle? That was better. I'm telling you. No. Why? No, I don't. Because it's all blown out. Yeah. It's all blown out. Like my anus. The camera angle's all blown out. No, I'm going to stay right here. I noticed too in the video that you, it seems as if you're just watching yourself the whole time. So maybe videoing these episodes isn't the best idea. No, I'm looking at you. Oh. Yeah, you're right here yeah. on this one, and you're right yeah. here on this one. So when I'm looking at you on this one, yeah. On this one, hey, 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 hey. Uh, 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 uh. You told a story. I'm also looking at me, told- by the way. You told a story in the Secret Weekly last week that reminded me of another story of yours that we can talk about here before we kick it to the Secret Weekly about how you were running around 6th Street looking for trouble, getting into trouble. I imagine you were waking up every day and putting on your Ford on Blondes uh, cat, cat in the hat hat, and uh, and there was a drug dealer holding pills. Oh, yeah. Ostensibly to sell to them, I guess, but you were just running around little king of the earth. And here's, here's the story the way I remember it. 
So yeah. Basically, back in the day, I I hung. I was on Sixth Street every night for years. Like I would go down there at some point, usually nine between nine and eleven is what time I would show up down on Sixth Street. And this was back. Steamboat was down there. The Black Cat was down there. Um, where else did I hang out? Three Eleven Club, uh, which was like a blues club. There was a God. What was this fucking blues club called? A bunch of places that had open mics. So this is like before I was in even even in a band. So I would just go down there and like get on these open mics or or bum rush the stage. Do you know <laughs> what that rush. is? You I just you, you jump just jump up on stage and grab the mic and just fucking start singing. Like I used to do that <laughs> shit all the time. So so one time I'm down there on Sixth Street and there's like drug dealers down there, but I don't have any money. I don't I don't have money for drugs. I want to do drugs. Sure. But I don't have the money. So I'm down there one night and I was with, I think I was with somebody. I don't know who I was with. But this guy comes up to me, a brother. Can I say brother? I feel like brother is better than a black guy. Anyways, black guy comes up to me. Does it matter? I feel like it does for the context of the story. Um, I don't know. I don't care. I'm not offended by it. You can tell me what he looked like. Anyways, I'm like, hey, man. I'm looking for some ecstasy. And uh, I I was going through an ecstasy stage, I guess. And so he holds up. He goes, I got this. And he holds up this big ass fucking ecstasy pill that I've never seen one like it. Like I, I dated a chick who, who, who actually dealt ecstasy when it was legal. Like there was a short window of time where you could actually buy and sell ecstasy. It wasn't illegal. Like they had to figure out that it was some drug that people were using and then then they made it illegal and then she stopped doing it. But while it was legal, she would, so I knew what ecstasy looked like. I knew I'd taken it. This guy held up this pill. He's like, here, man, I got this. And I just grabbed his hand like this and I went <laughs> and put this fucking, just ate it out of his fingers. And then... Just ran as fast as I could away from him down the street and into a club, like not even into a club because I didn't have the money to get into a club, but I knew how to sneak into this club by going in the back of the club. And there was a fence. It was like eight foot tall. And I could like reach up, pull myself over, get into the club, get away from this guy who's now looking for me because I just ate this pill out of his hand. (laughs) So I get into the club and... By the time I get to the club, you know, racing down there and get inside, this pill starting to take effect. And I'm like, it's time to do some dancing because I'm sure you've taken ecstasy before. It's a it's a fun party. You're having fun. I never did. I never did. So and it was raining. It was raining outside. So I'm kind of wet. I get into this club. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor dancing. There's not a lot of people in this club because it's probably during the week, you know, like a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Not a lot of people in there. It's probably 12 at night, one o'clock at night. Who knows how late? So there's. And I'm, but I'm also guessing you're doing this, the sort of mid 90s white guy, Austin, Texas dancing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, doing some crazy dancing. And I haven't paid to get into this club. And there's not a lot of people in there. There's probably you know, maybe 30 or 40 people in this club. So I show up on the radar pretty quick, you know, and the bouncer's like, hey man, I, you didn't, I didn't see you come in. What are you doing in here? And I'm like, at this time dancing, in my life, I'm wearing like 
purple like velour shorts that go down to my fucking ankles. I'm wearing these <laughs> combat boots that are hand painted with with glitter. So mm. it's not like I'm looking like everybody either. My hair's down to my ass. You're like I had long in. ass hair, white probably at the time. Uh, I'm usually what I'm wearing is a a, a hand spray painted uh, t-shirt with the arms and the thing cut out. So I have a look, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you see me, you're like, eh, I, I know I didn't see you come in here. So they, they're like, Hey, where's your, you know, where's your thing? And what I used to have is I used to have, so you'd go into a club and they'd give you like a plastic wristband. And so I had every color of the plastic wristbands, like every night it'd be a different color. So when I'd show up, I'd just pull the one that was the color for that night and kind of tuck the rest up here. You had a whole system. And then I'd be like, here's my pink one, or here's my yellow one, or here's my green one. And then I just keep them on, never take them off. So the guy was like, hey, where's your wristband? I'm like, it's right here. And he sees all these wristbands. He's like, get out of here. So he kicks me out of the club. I immediately, like whatever I took is hitting hard at this point. So now I immediately go back around to where I got into the club in the first place. This time I climb up on the eight foot thing pull myself over. But then as I'm coming back over, I now fall about eight feet into just mud. So now I'm covered in mud. Now I go back into the dance club looking like I'm doing a fucking extra, like a scene from platoon. Like I'm just (laughs) covered in fucking mud, drenched, fucking freaking out on this ecstasy. And I'm fucking dancing. (laughs) Like, and the guy's like, hey, motherfucker, I just kicked you out of this club. And I'm like, I don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he just like fucking booted me out. He's like, if I see you in here again, I'm calling the cops. And so anytime somebody mentions the cops, like, I'm like, OK, I'm, 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 I'm out of here. Meanwhile, I go back on the street. Now there's some, now there's a dude out on 6th Street. 6th Street's not a long street. It's a short no. little street. And yeah. now I'm on the street again. And there's a guy looking for me because I ate a, this drug out of his hand. Never paid him for it. <laughs> so I'm like, what the, dude, I had to get the fuck out of there, dude. I had to get, I I get home. But at this point, I'm like, I'm ready to party. Even under the most sanitary conditions and even pre COVID 19, I'm not eating it pill out of a strange man's hand on 6th street that was that's a good indication of your headspace there at the top of the gig the the gig that you just told uh oh we lost bob bobby oh. come back to us bob come on back to us bob i'm going to cast my imaginary metaphysical fishing rod all the way to austin texas come on back to us bob bob you coming back bob come on back to us bob those of you wondering at home bob's reading a text message i suppose and because we're doing a video, I don't know how I'm going to edit all this out. All right, there we go. Sorry, I'm trying to pick up a goddamn pop screen. Pick up a pop screen. Like a microphone pop screen, a pop filter? Yeah, because I'm doing a recording session in here tomorrow. And so I'm doing it with my uh, ex-wife's husband. He's coming in. He's doing like a voiceover for National Geographic. And so I bought him a a pop screen from Guitar Center to go pick up because they have in not in-store pickup, but curbside pickup. They're not right. open. You can't go inside, but they'll do curbside pickup. So I did that this morning. 
And they said it could take up to four hours. Now it's been eight hours. I've called down there twice. And uh, here's what they like to do at Guitar Center. Or, here's, here's what you do if you're a dude who likes to say fuck you to the world. You know what you do? What do you do? You pick up a, a bass that is in the shape of an axe and you join a, a heavy metal band. And then you realize pretty quickly, oh, I can't make any money playing in this band. So then what you do is you join Guitar Center. And then you go to Guitar Center and you realize, oh, this is hell on earth working at this place. And then somebody calls and wants some help. And guess what you do? You go out of your way to let them know. Basically, you go, you go out of your way to say, hey, hey, thanks for calling Guitar Center. Fuck you. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, I ordered this thing about six. Hey, fuck you. Okay. Any way you could check? Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Uh, Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. It takes on us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Austin is like this because Austin is also a music town, but it takes on a really special cloak of sadness and self-hatred here in Nashville because these people are every day confronted with guys like me that waltz in there looking for a, do you guys have any pop filters who my, my band didn't fail. And uh, you know, I, I don't work there. Yeah. You, you know? don't work there. Exactly. You're an actual so, working musician. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, how can I fuck I, this guy up? Yeah. Right. Anyways. So, so Tate, so I I was hoping that I was going to go pick up this pop filter before we did our podcast. And then once I realized, you know, when I called down there a couple of times and they told me to go fuck myself, I realized I'm probably not going to have time. So Tate just texted me. He's like, hey, man, like after six, they close at seven. What's the story? And and so I look at my Gmail to see if uh, if, uh, Guitar Center sent me an email yet. Guess what they haven't done? Sent you an email. Shut my name out. Like uh, he might not want to get up close to this pop filter that I've been breathing on for the right, last right. five years. Right. Yeah, totally. So I figured I'd get him a fresh pop filter. And then also I can give him the pop filter and go, hey, you hold on to this. And anytime you do any, want to do some voiceover work or whatever, you've got a nice pop filter too. And you can shove it up your ass. Exactly. Well, this is going to conclude another riveting episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Do go support us uh, by leaving a positive review on iTunes. You can also tell your buddies about it or share a link to the podcast on your socials. If you really like the show, you can join the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the letters I-O-K. Bunch of fun stuff over there, postcards and songs and demos. And then, of course, the Secret Weekly, which we are now about to go to after we say bye-bye. 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 <laughs>